everyone. This is Pastor Ryan, and this is our podcast. Welcome to Live Alive Church, and I just want to thank you for listening in. I hope this message encourages you, strengthens your faith, and causes you to keep pressing forward for who God has called you to be and created you to be. God bless. Genesis chapter 1, starting in verse 26. This is what the Word of God says. Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in His own image, In the image of God, he created them, male and female. So let's skip on over to Ephesians chapter 2. And we're just going to read one scripture there. And this is what the word says. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. For we are God's handiwork. Everybody say handiwork. Created in Christ Jesus to do what? Good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. This is actually part of our uh, vision statement, mission statement of our church. Um, This is where we find our uh, mission statement from these scriptures here. We are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And I want to speak to you today on this second part of this series, uh, losing your image. Let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, for who you are. I thank you, God, that you're here with us in the midst of us. And uh, Father, I pray that you would speak through me as I preach your word, teach your word, God, to those that you've created in your image. Father, I pray, God, that we would learn from this series who we are, not who we are, not only who we are, but, God, who you are and who you've called us to be and created us to be, and that way we can build healthy relationships through this. So, Father, I pray all this in Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. I hope that at the end of this message that uh, you understand the who and the why. And you'll understand that at the end of this message. And I, and I hope that you learn from this teaching on who God has created you to be and why God has created you. And the reason why I called this message Losing Your Image is because I believe that in today's society, in today's world, that we as a people, even Christians, not just non-believers, but we have lost our image of who we truly are. And uh, I can go back to a story in my life back when I was probably 12 years old, maybe 10 years old. Uh, everybody know the, uh, the uh, boys, men's uh, singing group NSYNC, right? Y'all remember NSYNC. And so when I was younger... About 10, 11 years old, it could, you know, somewhere around that time. Everybody knows who Justin Timberlake is. Well, back then on this uh, men's, you know, group they had going on, dancing and do, singing and doing all their things. And, and so when I was young, I was like, wow, Justin Timberlake back then had this curly hair, right? 
if you remember, you can go back when they first started and you see how young he was and he had some curly blonde hair. And, and uh, so in my mind, I'm like, you can see my hair is not curly. Okay, well, my mom was a hairdresser and she cut hair for a living and that's what she did. And and I went to my mom and I had the greatest idea. And I said, Mom, because NSYNC was popular back then, I said, Mom, I want to look just like Justin Timberlake. And she said, "Okay, son, what do you mean? And I said, well, he's got this curly hair. And she said, son, you don't have curly hair. (laughs) And I said, well, can I get a perm? So what my mom did, she said, well, son, if you really want me to do this, I'll do it. But you need to let your hair grow out a little bit. (laughs) So I I grew my hair out a little bit. And when I grew it out, she was able to put the little plastic twisties in my hair. And I mean, I sat down in a chair and I was like, I thought I was cool. I was I'm going to look just like Justin Timberlake. Not only did she not only did I get a perm. But she put the color in my hair, too, to look just like, I'm telling you, I, when I said I wanted to look like him, I wanted to look like him. And, and so after I was done, I mean, I looked like I had this, I mean, I had a bush of curly hair. I mean, it was, and then my mom, she, you know, she cut it a little bit to make it short, to make it look wavy and, and curly and everything. And then, I mean, afterwards, when I looked at myself, I remember saying, Oh, my gosh, what did I just do? Because really, at the end of it, I didn't even really like it. I just liked the image of what Justin Timberlake looked like, but I just wanted to look like him. I I couldn't sing like him. I can't dance like him, but I wanted to look like him. I had this greatest idea, and I'm afraid that that's how we are in this world with all these things that we are distracted by. We have this idea in our mind that we have to look a certain way, act a certain way, dress a certain way. Us, you know, us men have to, you know, we get in our minds that we have to be built to look tough, and we have to have big muscles to look tough, and we have to have a deep voice to be manly. And we have to be, you know, have a deep voice to have some type of authority. And, you know, even women, I mean, we get, you know, you women get this image in your mind that you have to, you have to put on this makeup to make yourself look pretty. And you have to wear these tight jeans to make your butt look good. And you have to wear these certain types of things just to fit into a certain group of people so that way well see see what happens is is that this world you, you've been conformed by this world so much that you know this world tells you that and only in order for you to look pretty you must have to wear makeup in order for you to look pretty you must have the boots with the fur in order for you to look good you must have some tight jeans or you must have a night must wear a nice bathing suit when you go out to the beach so men can look at you and see what's happened is is that we do all these things to what to seek attention when the only attention that we need is the attention of God that is on our lives because when you have the attention of God you know then to be intentional about the things of God and see we get this idea in our mind that we must have this certain image of who we are supposed to be, but we've been conformed by this world. But you have to, in order for you to really know who you are, you have to go all the way back to the Bible and beginning, which is Genesis. That's what the word Genesis means. You have to go back to the beginning, the Genesis of who you truly are and who you're created to be. See, one of these things that I was researching is that, you know, 
what happens is, is that we try so hard as a people to try to live a certain standard and try to, you know, form our image to something that we truly aren't, that when we don't meet that and we uh, meet that, you know, thing that we're trying to, to just like ju when I was trying to look like Justin Timberlake. <laughs> and but when we when we're we're not adding up to who we think we should be, that's when depression sets in. That's when, you know, there's 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 eating disorders. There's all these things that you feel oppressed and and you feel you feel all the you have these behavior issues and you have these attitudes that come your way. It's because you're not feeling healthy yourself and you don't know who you truly are. So when you don't measure up to the image that you're trying to qualify for, you start putting your own self in a position of feeling depressed, of feeling a certain way. And then what happens is, is that you continue to do things just for attention and just, to, you know, you know how it is. I mean, I remember growing up when you know, I was I was trying to date women and, and, you know, date certain girls. I had to, you know, I had to have the right cologne on. I had to smell good. And, you know, I had to I had to make sure my hair was done right. And I had to make sure, you know, I, I was clean cut. And, you know, same thing with the women. You know, you when you was out with your girls having a good old time, you, you putting on your fancy outfit, and putting on the makeup and making sure you look good just to seek attention from other people. And I'm afraid that that we have lost our image in today's world because here's what the enemy has come to do. He has come to steal, kill and destroy, and that's exactly what Jesus said in his word, but he also said that I came to give life and to give it more abundantly. See, watch this. When you lose your image, you lose yourself. When you lose the image of who you truly were created to be, you've lost yourself, and then you try to make yourself into somebody that you were never meant to be. Just like I did when I was trying to be Justin Timberlake. God did not call me to be Justin Timberlake and to start doing dances and singing. That's not who he created to me to be. Yeah, it was a good, you, you know, I, I, you know, I looked at them as like, you know, this, this great group. And, and I thought that maybe I, if I looked like him, people would like me. Maybe if I, I looked like them, you know, maybe people would accept me. Because, you know, the truth of the matter is we all just want to feel affirmed. We all just want to feel accepted. We all want to just feel loved. But I'm afraid that we do things to lose our image, especially with those things that are going on in the world today that where there's access to so many things in this world that one click of a button, you can watch pornography. That with one click of a button, you can do things that you know you shouldn't do. That there's so much access to this world where you can just ride down the street and go right into the liquor store. Where you can, you can go and you can do all these things that you, know, you, you try to do just to be accepted. And that's what happened with me when I was going through my addiction and drugs and alcohol. That I thought that you know, if I was to fit into this certain crowd, then I had to smoke some weed. If I had to fit into this certain crowd, then for them to like me, then I had I must have to drink a certain amount of alcohol so they can think I'm a tough guy. Or I must do this for them to like me. But here that's the lie of the enemy that he has tried to come to steal your image and who you've been created to be. And that's why the Bible says that 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 God has created you in his image and in his likeness. Three times in these two verses, the Bible says, 
created in his image. In order for you to know who you are first, you must know who you are created to be and who created you. And if you don't know who you're created to be, then you'll never know who created you. Does that make sense? Here is two different meanings, but similar in words. The Bible says that you were created in his image and you were created in his likeness. Okay? Two different Hebrew words here. One is salem, which is we believe to be the image, which means bodily form. And then the likeness is dumath, which is, in other words, so when the Bible says that you were created in his image, that means you were created in his bodily form. Does this make sense? And then when he says when you were made in his likeness, this is a representation of his spiritual nature. So not only were you created in God's image, and not only was Adam and Eve created in God's image, but he was created in their likeness, which means a spiritual nature. So when you know who you are, when, when you know who created you, there is nothing that can control you. See, that's what's wrong with us. If we don't know who's created us, know what we're created for, so we allow all these other things in our lives to control who we are. When you should only operate by who God has created you to be and when you should only operate by the spirit of God that is living with inside of you. God created you for a purpose. Watch this. I'm going deep here. There are two specific reasons he created us. There's more, but there's two specific ones I want to talk about. The first one is to rule. The Bible says that when God created us in his image and in his likeness, he caused us to rule over all the creatures in the sea and all the creatures that flew in the air. You can read it right there in first in, in the Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 and 7 that I read to you. And the, and the Bible says that he created us to rule over them. So watch this. God first create, created habitation before he created humans. Does that make sense? He couldn't create man first and then earth because there would be nothing for him and nothing for them to do. How could, could God create man and then earth? So God said, what I'm going to do is, is I'm going to create habitation and I'm going to create the earth so that way when I create man, they can experience the fullness of my glory and what I created them for and prepared them for. So that way when I put them on the earth, I will cause them to rule over all these things. So what happens is, so God created the earth and everything in it for us to rule over it. So watch this. When God speaks a promise in our lives, this is what God spoke to me. When God speaks his promises in our lives and things that he, he says that this is what you're going to do and this is what I've called you to and things that you know God has promised you, whether it's a, a new job or it's whether it's an open door that you feel God is leading you to. See, what happens is, is God creates the promise first. It's already created. So when God promised you Something just like when God promised me this church, he already created what's going to happen here. He just had to bring me into it. 
just like when he created man. He first created the earth, and he created all the creatures for him to rule over it. So then he put man in the midst of the garden, the Bible says. So that's exactly what he do, does. And I'm speaking in spiritual terms here because God was speaking to me through these scriptures, is that when God promises you something, he already creates the promise first, and then he puts you into the promise and brings you into the promise that he has created you for because he can't take you into something that hasn't yet been created he creates it first and then brings you into it therefore he creates the blessings and he creates the opportunities and he creates the new doors that you are going to walk through and things God has already created he's just waiting for the right time for you to receive it so that way you can rule it so just like he created created all these things and all the the world and the creatures and for us to rule over it God has already created your promises and blessings and and things that he wants to do in your life he's just waiting for the opportune time for you to get into and to step into all that he has for you so that way when you get to it you can rule over it because he's put you in charge of it see the Bible says that the earth is the Lord's in the fullness thereof. But he's created us to rule over that which he's given to us. Does that make sense? So he's created us in such a way that he's made us in his image. So the first thing he did is he, is he, is he created the world. And I'm sorry to sound like I keep repeating myself. But I want you to understand this so you can follow me. He created the world, created the earth, and you know, he created the sun, he created the stars, and he created the waters, and he created the fish of the sea, and he created the birds, and he created the animals. He did all that first, so that way when he created man, he's saying, now you can rule over it. It's the same thing with the promises that God has spoken over your life. Everything has been created because the word says that he is the author and the finisher of your faith. So what God does is he operates backwards. So when God created something as the author, he's already wrote the story and he's already the finisher. So what he does is, is he stands at the end of the promise, what's already been created, and he works himself backwards. You're coming forward, but he's working himself backwards so he can put everything together the way he's created it to be so he can move the pieces of the puzzle which he's already created for you so that way you can get to the promise that he has for you so that way when you get there you can rule over it and there's nothing that the enemy can do to, to destroy you and to distract you from the destiny that God has called you to. It's already yours. You just got to rule it. And, and, and be there and do what God has called you to do. And the, so the first thing God did was create everything for mankind. So then he said, you can rule over it. The second thing is, is that he made, everybody knows he made Adam first, right? Everybody knows he created Adam first. He made man first. He made a man first. So the first specific reason is that he, he, called, he created us to rule over. To rule, right? Everybody say rule. Let me hear you say rule. I don't want you to fall asleep on me. So he created us to rule. The second thing is, is that when he created man, he created Adam first before he ever created Eve. Just so the ladies know this. I just want you to really know he made man first, okay? Don't be jealous. It's okay. 
He created Adam. So in other words, the reason why he created Adam before he ever created Eve is because he was saying you need to first have a relationship with me before you have a relationship with anybody else. Does that make sense? So before you can have a relationship with a significant other, before you can have a relationship with anybody else, God said the reason why I created Adam first is because I needed him to have a relationship with me before he could have a relationship with anybody else. Doesn't that make sense? So the first thing is, is that he caused us to rule. He created us to rule. And the second thing is, is that he first created us in his image and in his likeness to what? To have a, a relationship with him first. What God is showing us here is that that God cre first created you to have a relationship with him. Not with anybody else. So before we can build upon relationships with anybody else, we must first know who we're created to be, who created us, why he created us. Because, listen, we've lost our image, so the only way to get back to who our true identity lies within is to go back to who God has created us to be. So if in the beginning he caused us to rule, and then he caused us to have a relationship with him first before anybody else. See, that's what our failure is. Our failure is, is that we first have a relationship with people before we have a relationship with God. And we do it backwards. We, we, we think that our relationships with other people without God being involved in it are going to last. That's not the way it works. God says, if you seek first the kingdom of God and my righteousness, all things will be added unto, me, unto you. So when you seek the face of God first and have that relationship with him, you'll understand who God is. And you'll understand the relationship that you have between him and you. That way... When you have that relationship between him and you, you'll know how to have a relationship with somebody else. Because when God shows you grace when you need it, you, you'll, you'll feel like you'll, you'll feel peace. So when God shows you grace when you needed it, you'll know how to show somebody else grace when they need it. So, so, so when God doesn't look at you because you did wrong, you'll know how to look at somebody else uh, the same way and say, just because you did wrong, let me tell you I love you. So when you have that relationship with God, you'll understand how to have a relationship, a healthy relationship with other people. Because the Bible says to treat others like yourself. And that's the problem. I think that we, we don't treat ourselves right, so that's why we don't treat anybody else right. So we don't, we don't treat ourselves as we should treat ourselves. Look, I remember I was listening to a message by T.D. Jakes, and he said, you know, one of the problems is, is that, you know, people jump into relationships, and they try to date somebody else before they first date them. Sometimes we have to get to that point where we date ourselves, where we know, in other words, where we know who we are, know who God's created us to be, know we've been created in his image, knowing that, you know, God has, has put a purpose in our lives and a calling in our lives, because what happens is, is that we jump too far ahead of God and we do things out of order. So when we know who we're purposed to be and know who we're called to be, you know, and then we jump into a relationship, that relationship, and I've seen it many times, and I'm not saying that relationships are bad, but we do it wrong, is what happens is, is we get tied up in a relationship that drags us away from God instead of brings us closer to God. So what happens is we've done forgot about who we're created to be. We forgot about our relationship with God. So we focus on that relationship more than we hone in on the relationship that we were supposed to have with God first. 
And, and so, but when you know who you're purposed to be and know who you're called to be first, that's when, you know, any relationship that you get into, if something goes wrong and something goes bad, you can say, well, hold on here. I know what I need. I know what needs to be done. I know what I know what I need to do, because sometimes we get in these relationships that, you know, start taking us away from the presence of God in our lives because we'd rather do things to meet the requirements of our relationships with somebody else than to, to, to build upon the relationship that we have with God. So then we lose and essentially lose, you know, we, we've lost our relationship that we have with God because we're too busy trying to build relationships with somebody really that God never even intended us to be with or really just wasn't time to be with. Does that make sense? So what happens is, is now that we, we know who created us, we know why God created us, we get to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, where Paul is speaking to the church of Ephesus, and he's teaching them that, now, you know, you used to be alienated from God, you used to work in the works of the flesh, but now that God has brought you into the house of God, now he's brought you into the family of God, now he says that you are God's handiwork. So what does that mean? So now that you are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus is what the Bible says. Now what happens is, is that God has created us to do his work here on earth. So now we have to be disciples of God to reach those who are broken, to reach those who maybe have lost their image or lost who they lost their identity or lost who they're called to be. So God is using us to be his handiwork to reach a world that is broken. Because what happens is, is that when the, when the fall of man came, when Adam and Eve came and they fell in the garden, what happens is, is they, they lost who they were called to be and who they were created to be. And so when Jesus came back, he said, you know what, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to restore my relation, their relationship back to the Father. And he says, now you, the old has passed, the new has come, you have been a new creation so now God has called us to be a new creation in him and not only a new creation in him but he's called us to be his handiwork here on earth to do exactly what his word says to do to reach those people who are broken to reach those people who are lost and to reach those people who can who, who you can show to have a relationship with God because that's what it's about. It's about us being a body together, building relationships with one another so that way we can reach people for the kingdom of God in our lives. Because listen to me, when, you're, when you know who you're created to be and know that you were created in God's image, there's, there's nothing that can stop, stop you. If people would only first know who God created them to be and who God, you know, how God created them in his image and in his likeness. I'm telling you, half this stuff this world throws at us, it wouldn't even bother us anymore. But we've been so distracted by those things out there in the world that is causing us to fall away from our relationship and our image of who God has created us to be. Does that make sense? So we get to this place in our lives where we start getting down on ourselves because we're not meeting the standards of who we think we're supposed to be see that's the problem we, we begin to we begin to do things and 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 create things in our own imaginations of who we think we should be instead of truly sitting back and saying okay god i know why you created me 
and I know who you are, and I know that when you created me, and I know who you called me, I know that now I can step into the and build relationships upon upon that because without Christ and without knowing who you, who He's created you to be, there's no way you can have healthy relationships in your life. It's just not it's it's not going to happen. You can create those relationships, but it's not going to last. But when you know that Christ is the center, and you know that He's who He's created you to be, and that you were created in His image. There's nothing that can then control you from who God's called you to be. And I believe that. I believe that if we keep Christ first and we know who we're created to be and we know who our identity lies within, then then we can build relationships with people that are healthy. And, we, you know, we can, we can do things that are Christ-like. And we can give grace to those people who need grace. We can give love to those people who need love. We can show mercy to those people who need mercy. And we can, we can be who Christ has called us to be. But until we understand that, we'll never be able to operate in who God has called us to be. You have to first know who you're created to be before you first know who you're called to be. Because even though they go hand in hand, you can't operate in your calling until you know who you're created to be. You have to know who created you and why he created you. Not only did he create you to rule over and have a relationship with him, but he, he created you in Christ Jesus to be his handiwork, to do his work here on earth, and to be his hands and feet, and to reach out to those people who are in addiction, reach out to those people who are homeless, reach out to those people who just, who just are going through struggles and going through battles, just like the bowling family and, and how they're going through just you know, a struggle right now. And, and that way you can you can reach out to them because I, I feel like we need to get back to the place where, you know, we haven't lost our image because that's the reason why we're not operating in who we're called to be is because we've lost our image of who God has created us to be. And it's time for us to get back there. I believe if you know who you're called to be, know who you're created to be, and know that you were created in his image, there's nothing in this world that can stop you from getting all that God has for you in this life. If I just had some people that just knew who God created them to be and who God called them to be, I mean, I'm telling you what. We would set this town on fire. People would know who they are, know who they're created to be, know their identity lies within them. And when, when you have that type of relationship with God, there's, there, look, there, there's nothing that can stop you. Because we get to this place where we get insecure because we don't know who, you, who we are. That's why we're insecure. It's because we don't know who we are. When you know who you are, you will not have insecurities. And I used to... I used to be that type of way. I didn't, you know, I had to try to find who I was when I, when I went through my addiction and I came to Christ. I had to navigate through, you know, old habits and different things I struggled with to find out who I truly was in Christ, you know. And I had insecure. I did things that, you know, were, were very crazy just because I had insecurities. You know, when you have insecurities, you do things to try to measure up to somebody that you're not. And we have to get to that place in our lives where if we're made in his image and we know that, then we won't have any insecurities in our lives because we'll walk around. Guess what we'll do? We'll end up walking around with boldness. 
we'll be walking around with victory. We'll be walking around with our heads held high. See, this is what happens is when you lose your image, this is what we are. You just walk around with your head held down and just insecurities and struggles, difficulties, and you know, you're pretending to be somebody that you're not. But when you know who you're created to be, you can walk around with bold shoulders, with your head held high, no matter what comes your way, no matter what even people say about you. It won't hurt you because it's a lie, and it, they're just doing that just to hurt you in the first place because hurting people hurt people. And we have to get to a place where once we know that, then, and we know we're made in the image of God, and that's where our identity lies within, then there's nothing that anybody can do to hurt us. They can say all they want to say about us, do whatever they want to do about, uh, do to us. But guess what? I know who I am. I know who I'm created to be. You can say all you want, do what you want, but ain't nothing going to stop me from getting to what God has called me to. And we have to understand that we have to get back to a place, not just as a church, but as a church going out into the world, those who are not saved, teaching them like, hey, listen. You know, I love you. Let me let me talk to you about somebody who's changed my life and and somebody who can, you, you know, you, you can put you can put your identity in and, and know who Christ is and what he's done in your life and how you can have victory in your life and how, you know, you don't have to struggle anymore. And, and even if you do struggle, I can point you to one that can help you out with your struggles. And, and see, that's what it's all about. It's about us being together as a body, reaching those who are broken and reaching out to those who are hurting so we can build those relationships because when you do that and you continue to build relationships that's where multiplication comes in that's where the church will grow that's where the community will be one for Jesus Christ is when we know who we are when we when we haven't lost our image and we know who our identity lies within and we know who we're created to be and we know who we're called to be that's when we'll be able to to reach this world and be on fire for Jesus Christ and have a passion to reach those who need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because isn't that what it's all about? It's about reaching those who need salvation, reaching those who need uh, deliverance, reaching those who need healing. You know, yeah, it's about us coming to church and getting the healing that we need and, and hearing the teachings of God and hearing the word of God. But it goes far beyond just coming to church. It's about reaching out and giving an extended arm to those who are who have fell and those who are struggling and helping those to get back up on their feet so that way we can show them the grace of God, show them the love of God, and show them who they've really truly been created to be so that way we can help them get to where God has called them. That's what it's about. If it wasn't for people in my life who pointed me in the right direction and, and tried to teach me the, the ways of Christ and tried to teach me who I've been called to be and created to be, then I wouldn't be the man I am today. I wouldn't be standing here today preaching the gospel to you. But I thank God for those people who pointed me, me the way and didn't look down on me because I was a drug addict. Didn't look down on me because I struggled with, with that in my life. But picked me up in the midst of it and said, listen, I can help you. We can help you. And that's why I am who I am today. So let's stand.